Good evening, Vancouver. It is 10 p.m. on a Wednesday. And not a Wednesday in which we didn't do a show on the Monday. This is our, is this our first emergency podcast or is it our second? I feel like we've done one before for something. There's got to be something. Maybe Benning, maybe Benning and Farlow. That happened on a Saturday and I think we did a show on the Monday. Either way, this is, uh, this it's, it's a big day for the Canucks for the first time in Canucks after dark history. The Canucks are buying ahead of the trade deadline. Um, well, I mean, unless you want to go off season and think of Oliver Ekman Larson, but I don't want to. Um, <laughs> so as always, but rarely on Wednesdays, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you feeling this Wednesday evening? So Parker, this, this is funny. We kind of joking about this, uh, what we were doing when we, the news broke, it was happening so fast. It came out of nowhere and then it was like, okay, it's probably for Kuzmenko. It might be one-on-one, but it might be picks and prospects. And then suddenly just boom it comes out <laughs> i'm at my church doing my wednesday night thing and this is this is where my humility had to come in today because i i wasn't worried about being the first to report it or whatever like i just want to share my opinion on it. i don't care about the numbers and stuff but i was basically telling kids and parents leave me alone so i can run into a side room to record a quick three-minute vlog <laughs> yeah i um my day was interesting so i i finished up my work four yeah. o'clock and at like 4.15, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go lay down. I'm tired. I had hockey last night. I'm going to have yeah. a little nap today. Exactly. So I'm lying down, and then one of my group chats blows up. It's like, <laughs> hey, yo, we got, we got news coming. Like, they might, they might trade for Lindholm. And so I pull yeah. it up. And it's one of those ones where every time that, like, someone says, hey, like, this trade is sort of in the works, nothing really happening yet, every single time, it's done within an hour, it feels like, right? And then everything starts coming up. Right, right. All right, right. I get up, roll downstairs and, you know, have a bunch of tabs open. And and my thought was, all right, let's just start prepping for a video. I'm going to learn a bunch about Lindholm. I'm going to have tabs open because I'm thinking in 15 minutes, we've got a trade and we've got details. (laughs) Um, The trade, so that initial Freeman tweet, I think was at 4.15 or 4.30. And then like five, like 10, 15 minutes later, I was like, it is done. Kuzmenko is involved. Yeah. Right. I'm like, all right. Now we're just waiting for details. And we had to wait like an hour from then of me just hitting refresh before the flames ended up having the, the details first, right? That flames tweet. Yeah. So you um, and Nux 649 were the same. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, so I was every single thing that happened, I had a new tab for, and it was like, I had like 11 <laughs> different tabs in the timeline. Then it was like, and then like five 15, it was like, hey, Tanev might be involved in this deal. And I'm going crazy. I'm like, if we get Lindholm and Tanev, like what a what an absolute uh, crazy move this would be, you know, a month ahead of the trade deadline. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really interesting afternoon um, that yeah. really didn't have any right to be. You know, like there's one, there's two teams still playing hockey for some reason today. I don't know why yeah. it's I, everyone's on the all-star break except them. Um, and, and, you know, Alvin gets extended today. Like it's like the perfect, like downtime, ah, it's yeah, all star break. They, Everyone's yeah. going on vacation, yada, yada, That's yada. Yeah, yeah. And then Jim Rutherford's like, hey, wait, maybe we make a trade before all star. Like he says that on the radio and everyone's like, what are you talking? Like, no one does that. And then this drops whatever, six hours later. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. By the way, we love everyone here. We already have 120 people three minutes in. We can feel that this is going to be a big show, but among you is, uh, a, uh, uh, an icon in the content creation world. Hey, Lego, nice to see you. The trade was a huge L. Canucks should have traded for Shankarik. <laughs> yes, get that guy back. <laughs> yeah, they are. That's a, that's a lost asset yeah. that you need to. Pull nice back. to see you, Gio. Thanks for being here. Thanks to everyone for being here. Yeah, we uh, we pulled this. Uh, basically, Parker uh, texted me when I was at my church thing, and he says, "Show tonight." I said, "Is the trade going to happen?" He goes, "Yep." I said, "Okay." So, yeah, I think when was that Friedman tweet? I think that was at 430, 4.30, right at 4.30. Was it right at 4.30? Yep, right at 4.30. Okay, I texted you at 4.35 <laughs> yep. and I said, would Lindholm be an emergency Canucks after dark situation? And what did I and say you back? Said, you said yes, if we keep it at 10 p.m. And then you said, do you think it happens today? Yep. And I said, I do. And right. uh, here yeah, we are. I knew it was coming. Um <laughs> It was great. You have like Kevin Weeks, like doing Twitter videos, walking, like boarding a plane. Uh, it's it was a very bizarre, very bizarre yeah. day. But um, 
Yeah, the Vancouver Canucks have added a bona fide, very good number two setter. And that has been, for the last month, we we have really been talking about on our normal Monday night shows, hey, if the Canucks are going to make a move, the Canucks are going to add somebody to see is probably where they want to go, right? Mm -hmm. And really, from our perspective, it was was an issue of, you know, if you're if you're putting Pedersen, Miller, and Besser together, right, and then suddenly your next, or yeah, if you're putting Pedersen or Miller on the wing at any point, Pew Suter is now your number two center. That's probably yep. not ideal. Right. Um, if despite his recent hat trick, despite his recent hat trick, right, and and all credit to Pew Suter, he's been fantastic. He's it's yeah. just not his job, right? That's not the role that he's he's brought in for. Correct. Um, and then if if someone goes down, right, suddenly now Phil DiGiuseppe is having a slot in the lineup once he's healthy, or you're starting to dip into the Linus Carlsons of the world. And mm-hmm. and there's there's a pretty big drop-off where on defense, they sort of have like seven, eight guys. Like you can throw Juleson in there. You can throw Freeman in there. It's not yeah. the end of the world. Yeah. So they just go out and they do it a month ahead of the trade deadline. It's not like this team is battling to stay in the playoffs and they need yeah. an influx of talent. They just said, hey, Jim Rutherford loves to set the market. And yep. that's what he did today. He got ahead of it. He got his guy, you know, one of the the biggest names out there uh, from a trade target perspective, right? It's like him and Gensel were the big names of the ones that were actual rentals that were likely to be traded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think back to when Jim Benning ran out of time and how we were all like, oh, maybe that's just a thing that happens. You know, GMs just run out of time. Not here. No, not at all. It's... uh. It's quite legendary. And speaking of legends, we got hot take in here as well. So between hot take and Geo, we got like 120,000 subscribers in here, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, thank you, John, for being here as well. So here, Parker, five amazing, well, five pretty solid off-season signings, right? Free agent, no trades. Cole Susie, Suter Bluger, Irwin, who we haven't seen yet. Six in-season trades before today, including big ones, Lafferty, DeSmith, Zadorov. But this one trumps them all. Like, uh, so are we surprised? He no, he, you're exactly right. He likes to set the market. He likes to, you know, he likes to be out there and not worry about what other teams. He just wants to get out in front of things. And and it kind of makes sense, right? Why wait till March six to get Lindholm? Now we have him for five extra weeks where he can chemistry and you know standings and all that kind of stuff. So maybe build his value up too. So I, I know we're going to get into everything. Vancouver's perspective, Calgary's perspective, too much, too little speculation, all these things. That's what makes trade talk so fun. It really is. Yeah. Timing's always been a really interesting discussion around the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Cause you can go make a trade on the trade deadline and you might've played like 68 games already, right? You might only mm-hmm. have 15 games around there, maybe 20 to actually like build that chemistry and you know have that gear up for the playoffs yeah but that also carries less injury risk right you know there's less opportunity for someone to get hurt in that time as well um so it's a little bit of a balancing act and Mm. what i look at and i even said you know i said two minutes ago well the canucks it's not like the canucks are like pushing for a playoff spot and they need that influx of talent yep but the canucks are pushing for first place in the western conference and and that's a I think something that's been a little bit understated overall, like how important first place in the Western conference is this year, when you're looking at the difference between playing against like the St. Louis blues, the Nashville predators or the Seattle Kraken compared to playing against the LA Kings. If you come second in the Western conference, or if you come second, the Pacific, now you're playing Vegas or Edmonton Edmonton, in the first round, right? The Canucks, should be doing everything they can to finish ahead of Colorado, finish ahead of Edmonton, finish ahead of Dallas and Winnipeg, right? There's a bunch of teams pushing for the top that I think that also adds value. And obviously it's not the big thing, right? The big thing is gearing up your roster uh, for a Stanley cup push, but you know, the earlier you do something like this, maybe that helps as well. Yeah. So before we break down every piece here, just, uh, this is gonna be a little bit challenging. So without getting into specifics about every single player, especially Lindholm, what was your first reaction, Parker? Your true first reaction? Too much, too with little. With all wow. the details or yeah. just Lindholm? No, so with all the details that you know, but I don't want us to go into the details yet. Just a cursory. What was your thought? Yeah, well, I was I was very dialed in and focused from a like, you know, research perspective. And then I see so many so many line items on the screen. 
that are coming from the Canucks. And I'm like, oh boy, I need to, I need to actually like sit and think, right? I'm like, because I'm thinking like Kuzmenko first prospect. I got Kuzmenko. I know what a first is worth. I'm going to have to like think about Atu Ratu or whoever they, they get rid of in this trade, right? Um, so I see all those lines and my initial thought is like, whoa, this is, you know, it, it's it's big, right? You look at Zadorov, that trade, we expected, you know, a pretty heavy price and it really didn't end up being one. Mm-hmm. Um, and every trade, how, but I will say like that hour and 15 minutes leading up to actually getting the details, we're not that stressful because we haven't been completely fleeced in a deal yet, right? Everything's been fairly yeah. reasonable. Um, so I wasn't too worried about that. I, I had a little bit of sticker shock. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a lot of items. Yeah. Um, but we'll get uh, obviously into the specifics a little bit more sure. too. Yeah. I, yeah. Same with me. I, when I saw the five assets I, in my head and this, I think one thing we got to be very careful, Parker, I think Canucks fans, it's going to be easy for a lot of Canucks fans to justify the trade. It's going to be very easy for a lot of Calgary flames fans to justify the trade because that's what we do because we want, we want, to think that our team got the best of the trade our we got the best player in the trade. So that's often a big thing, but I, when you just look at the five assets, I would say for them, there's potentially that don't work out honestly. And, and Kuzmenko could be four and a half. So I, I do like this rental or not rental. Obviously it looks a lot better if we can resign Lindholm, but for a team for where the Canucks are at, I was, I was actually remarkably at peace with the trade. I was fine with it. I think it was excited because we were the team getting the best player, honestly. Yeah, I and yeah. from a from a holistic perspective, my yeah. my overall thoughts on the trade, strictly value wise, I think Calgary comes out ahead. If I was Calgary and I had a rental like Elias Lindholm, and I got those assets back, think of the about the Bo Horvat trade last year, right? Yeah, similar similar sort of vibe, right? I would have been thinking, wow, I hey, we did pretty good here. We had an expiring asset that we weren't going to get anything for. Um, we're a month ahead of the trade deadline. We, you know, our, their GM even said like, Hey, I, these are the things that I wanted. These are the things that we got. Right. Yeah. So yeah. from Calgary's perspective, I, I think they did a great job on this trade mm-hmm. from a Canucks perspective. These are assets that right now aren't relevant, frankly. Mm-hmm. Right. Kuzbenko mm-hmm. isn't fitting in with Tockett's system. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Tockett has coached this team to a 33, 11 and five record. So if one player isn't working out under him, but you have a bunch of other ones who are sure you can cut that one player, right? Uh, you know, a first round pick, Hey, you know, hopefully it's number 32, but maybe it's in the 26 <laughs> to 32 sure. range. Yeah. You know, chance at a good player potentially, right? Actually, yeah. uh, uh, um, you know, obviously he's sort of maybe at the peak of his value, right? He was like third in OHL scoring and he's a D man. Like that's fantastic. And there is a chance, like you mentioned that he doesn't pan out. There's also a chance that he turns into a, a really solid, you know, number four defenseman. And yeah. for Calgary, that'll be great for them, you know, three, four years from now. But for the Canucks, you know, you look at their right side and you're going to have Philip Ronick. You're going to have Tom Vlander up there, hopefully, if everything pans out well. And, you know, maybe you've sold this guy at the peak of his value when he has the most hype around him. And maybe he becomes a good player and we can't yeah. say he won't, uh, but maybe he doesn't. And that's just the business of you know, trading prospects. Yeah. There's a real chance all every single thing that we've traded them turns into nothing. And then, you know, five years from now, the Canucks look great with a re-signed Lindholm and, and are competing for Stanley cup. Still, there's also a real chance that every single one of those things pans out, you know, there's no way for us to know, but Calgary probably got the most value, but as a Vancouver fan, these aren't things that we're going to be impactful right now. And I'm just, excited we haven't had this reason to believe that our team actually could be a cup contender potentially right yeah. uh the canucks went and got a player that is having a bad year but excels around good players and the canucks can put him next to good players they can put him next to elias Pettersson if they want to or jt miller and brock besser if they want to like they can they can do some things here that i think lindholm's gonna look really good I think Kuzmenko is going to turn it around in Calgary and, and be annoying to deal with whenever we play them. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, and I guess we should start by talking about Lindholm first. Uh, we, we'll break each of these pieces down a little bit. Uh, not too much, but enough. Lindholm, you're right. The year two years ago, 82 points in 82 games, the the year that he played with Kachuk and Goudreau. And that's, that's not just 82 points a point a game. That's all 82 games. So this guy's durable. 
81, 81, 82. I'm looking at games played 82, 80. So I, I like that. And I like, I like that a lot. And last year, yeah, he didn't have those two guys to play with. And he still got 64 points. And that's right. He uh, had to Foley last year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this year he's on pace. I, I read 53 or something like that, maybe. And he's got nobody. <laughs> like, like really, like he, he really doesn't have, uh, I, I don't know exactly who's lying were, but they, they weren't notable um, from right. everything I read. Um, sure. That I've been following the planes very closely, but you know, yep. he's he's very clearly been a very good supporting cast member, right? Yeah. I think exactly. if you stick him with Pedersen uh, or with you know McKayev and Hoaglander or something, you, know, you you try to get some skill next to him and some guys that can do some you know some some play creation. Uh, you know, he he really feels like a really good fit. He was plus sixty one two seasons ago. Plus sixty one. <laughs> That's anyway, a, that's, that's pretty good. Absurd number. <laughs> so it oh, <laughs> was that high. Yeah, it just popped out. So the other thing about Lindholm and, and we both read the athletic and we read other, you know, industry you know, stuff. When you look at the Canucks needs, if, if you had to pick one player that actually ticked off more than one box, not just a shooter, not just a penalty killer. This is a guy who checks off four or five boxes, right shot centerman, Power play experience, penalty kill experience. Uh, I probably missed a couple other ones in there, but at least he's he's not a one-dimensional player, and I think that's a big part of this for sure. Yeah, um, from a power play perspective, they lose Kuzmenko and add Lindholm. Right, that's yeah. a straight-up upgrade on the power play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, penalty killing wise, he hasn't been great uh, this year, but he has been in the past. I would think you know he, he might be a decent addition. He looks like yeah, a face fine off, power face play. Yeah, yeah, right, right. A big thing, though, like you mentioned, right shot center. Yep. Canucks don't have anyone right-handed that can reliably win face-offs. I think right. Elias Lindholm's at 55.5% this year in the face-off circle. Right? That's good. That's nice on a uh, on a penalty kill. You have a face-off on the, on the right of your goaltender. Yeah. He's going to be out there, right? High leverage face-off in the offensive zone on the left-hand side that you need a, a quick shot from the right point, maybe end of a mm-hmm. period or something. Elias Lindholm's going to be out there. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely, you know, there, there's definitely some extra value in that. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So that that's what it is. Right shot center. Good in face offs can power play. Good penalty killing. Fine. That's massive. Uh, obviously, he's a veteran. He's 29 years old. So there's all these. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm falling into justifying the trade. I don't even have to justify mm-hmm. it for myself. I I love the way you put it about Calgary and relevancy to to those assets for us right now. So this could be one of those rare. Yeah. Cause we're never going to see, we haven't seen, thank God, Patrick Alvin get fleeced on a trade yet because he's just too smart. I think I, re- I really think that. And I think this is one where you can't simply say that we smoked Calgary on this trade. It could be one of those where both teams actually are going to make out. Okay. And that's, a, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's a rental, right? In the long term, Calgary is going to get more value out of it. I mean, the short term, Vancouver is going to get more value out of it. Right. It's, yep. it's, it's a hard thing to quantify. I do think the price was higher than I expected it to be. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I if you had to like give letter grades to the trade, I would say Calgary probably gets an A and Vancouver maybe gets a B plus, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm fine with a B plus trade. And sure, like maybe yeah. it helps, you know, a divisional rival into the future, but not like a significant amount that I'm going to be losing sleep over. Yep. I uh, Well said. Well said. Okay. So now uh, this, these uh, Calgary-Vancouver uh, games which there are going to be a few more of are going to be even more interesting. Mm-hmm. Not just because of more this okay. year. And Both year, right? Probably won't make the playoffs. <laughs> yes. So should yeah. we, let's go into a couple things that we, we need to talk about then. Uh, one is going to be obviously each piece given up, right? That's something we should, we should talk a little bit more in depth about. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the actual cap implications. Cause, Cause I think if you look at it strictly on paper and again, you mentioned it might be justifying the trade, Sure. Um, however, I think I've prefaced it enough by saying I think Calgary did really well. Um, yeah. The cap situation on this trade is really good, right? Um, Andre Kuzmenko is making $5.5 million this year and next. And it's pretty clear that under Rick Tockett, he's just not going to work, right? Um, we talked about this on Monday when we were talking about potential uh, players for the Canucks to trade. On the forward side, you know, Kuzmenko was the third highest paid forward or sorry, fourth highest paid forward on the Canucks behind Miller, Pedersen, and Besser. Um, the people, you know, that you could trade also would be like Connor Garland making mm-hmm. 500K less, but 
he has such a good fit with Bluger and Joshua that you really can't mess with that right now. Um, mm-hmm. Ilya Mikheyev making 4.75, right? It's three quarters of a million dollars less than Kuzmenko. So trading him has that much less value. And I think he's been slightly better than Kuzmenko uh, this year. He hasn't been great, but he's been fine. And then after that, it falls off a cliff. Right now, everyone everyone makes below $2 million. <laughs> so to get a player like Lindholm, you have to give up some sort of, you know, you got to yes. send cap back. Yes. Um, Andre Kuzmenko was not playing up to that contract. He would not play up to that contract next year in a Canucks uniform. He could go to Calgary and score 35 goals next year. He would not do that here. I promise you. Um, but what that does is that is now five and a half million dollars that the Vancouver Canucks do not have to spend next year on Andre Kuzmenko. And they don't have to spend it all. Elias, yeah. Elias Lindholm's contract ends this year. If they want to use him as a pure rental and cut bait after the fact and just put that money towards Elias Patterson or towards Phil Heronic or towards Dakota Joshua, like whatever they need to do, uh, they now have that extra little bit of flexibility that I think yeah. is a, a nice little sort of silver lining to that to the trade that, again, doesn't affect Calgary at all, but I think it's, it's a nice little uh, bit of extra good news. I think that's an excellent point, Parker, because everyone, uh, yeah, saw 5.5 versus 4.85. And they said, yeah, oh, there's 650 grand in savings this year, which is all true, which is all true. But uh, you make a really, really good point about um, that 5.5 that comes off the Canucks books. Now, whether that helps sign Lindholm to an extension. So the cap's going to go up 4 million. PD's going to make a lot. Hirona's going to make a lot. We're not going to sign all seven of our UFAs. There's absolutely no way. So, oh man, this is, and and we know that Lindholm's not, thinking extension yet i think he was traveling today um trying to get from wherever he was vacationing to toronto for the for the all-star yeah. festivities so wow 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 I, i'm still when you just look at the magnitude of the trade it's still yeah it's still quite big it's reverberating yeah. inside me unless that's my my dinner that i wolfed down before we went live but one of the two things is reverberating inside me <laughs> so for the assets given up yep uh, I mean, the the big one, you know, is, is Andre Kuzmenko. And, and we've sort mm-hmm. of talked about him, right? He wasn't going to work here anymore. Mm-hmm. And man, I it sucks because I love Andre Kuzmenko. Like the, yeah. the pictures of him just having the biggest smile and the yeah. interviews of his broken English. Like that's that's a tough piece to lose, but it's a casualty yeah. of yeah. Uh, a Rick Tockett system, right? Can I ask you and, one quick question about Kuzmenko? Sorry, Parker. Yeah. I, just before I forget, sorry to interrupt. I hate doing that, but I do it all the time. So at my parent meeting that I was running today, there's two like Canucks fans that we, instead of talking more about church, we we're talking about the Canucks and we were talking about how much Kuzmenko loves the city, how he, as you mentioned, right at the top, he had to waive his no trade clause because Calgary is one of 12 teams that he initially said no to. Do you think there's any part of Kuzmenko that all waived it because he wants this is so weird for me to say, but he wants Vancouver to succeed. He actually likes his time here. He wants to do good by the organization. Do you think that's any part of it? Like, I, of course, it's role, opportunity, everything that he's going to get in Calgary. But do you think there's a small piece that he wanted to do, for lack of a better term, the Canucks a solid? I, I think for him, and I imagine it's what he talked about with his agent, mm-hmm. I, I think he probably realized that he could stick around this year, have a interesting cup run that maybe he plays, you know, 12 minutes a night um, and maybe, you know, maybe win a Stanley cup, right. Potential. Um, But I, I imagine it then went, okay, well then what happens after next year, right? What happens if you put up, you know, 30 points next year under a Rick Tockett team and your five and a half million dollar contract ends, right. And you're 29, 30 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think from an, from his career perspective, if his priority isn't a five to eight percent chance of winning a Stanley Cup, and on you know financial um, opportunity and you know just individual success, I okay. think it's the right move, and I think mm-hmm. that's probably where the focus was. Right. I don't know if I would have done the same in his situation. Maybe I would have tried to get moved to the off season to somewhere a little bit warmer, because um, <laughs> you know. I, I know. I mean, I know he went to Edmonton and got wine and dine there and left. Maybe the same in Calgary, um, but you know, I, I, that's sort of my thought. I, I don't think he's yeah. thinking. You know, I'm going to do the Canucks organization a solid. I'm sure. Okay. I mean, Dan Milstein said they had been talking about it with Rick Tockett and Patrick Alvin since Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's interesting, right? And I think that probably reflects really well on the Canucks, like going to him days ahead of time before this thing came out. Because my impression was like, hey, the trade's in progress, and now we have to call Andre Kuzmenko. 
And he's probably like, you know, sort of, you're, you're sort of stuck there, right? Like, man, if I say no, like, do the Canucks fans start to hate me? Yada, yada, yada. Right. Um, for, for nixing this trade. So I I think they probably communicated it well and it probably was, you know, fairly mutual. Um, and it probably is for him, probably the best move in the long term. Yeah. And as John said, now he can play 18 minutes a night in Calgary and get flipped at next year's trade deadline, which is likely the case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I mentioned that five to eight chance percent chance to win a cup this year, but yeah, what if he's producing really well in Calgary and he's got, you know, 20 goals when they get to the deadline next year, there's going to be teams calling and saying, Hey, we would love to add a a second line winger uh, Mm -hmm. to our, to our playoff push. And and he'd be a pretty good option on an expiring contract. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, to wrap up this koozie talk too. I know you and I have both debated, not even debated. I think we're on the same side. We weren't sure how uh, koozie would do in the playoffs. Would he come up with a big goal once in a while? Maybe. Or would he be aggravating to watch because that's when you really have to tone down the errors, turnovers, and play a bit of defense too. So I think Lindholm's probably a bit better playoff performer, I presume. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Not that he's had a lot of experience, right? Uh, He's played 27 playoff games. He's got 17 points, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But he does strike me as as more of that style of player, um, which I think will be useful. Um, other assets given up. I mean, a first round pick in the 30 to 32 range, most likely, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, 30 to 32. I'm sorry. I should say like 25 to 32 range. Right. Um, most likely I, I, I never remember how everything breaks down when like, at what point the standings stop mattering in the playoff, uh, like how, how that yeah. sort of works in draft position. Cause we haven't had to worry about that very much. Yeah, We've been on the non-playoff side. Yes. Yeah. So I literally never think about it. <laughs> Cause I don't care about where, you know, the Tampa Bay lightning pick, they pick 29th or 31st doesn't matter to me. Um, Let's do a fun exercise that I always like to do whenever we have draft capital getting thrown around. I'm going to go, let's go back to the 2018 NHL entry draft, right? All right. Long enough ago that players that were drafted there that are going to end up in the NHL are probably in the NHL at this point. I'm just going to go through 25 to 35. Okay. Because it's probably where this pick's going to... I mean, it can't be 35, but guys that are available down there. Um, you've got Dominic Bach, never played an NHL game. Jacob Bernard Docker uh, has played 70 games for Ottawa as a D-man. Uh, Nicholas Bodin, 22 games for Chicago. Uh, and none in the last three years. Uh, Niels Lundqvist in New York. Rasmus Sandin in Toronto. Joe Valeno in Detroit. Alexander Alexeyev in Washington, Matthias Samuelson in Buffalo, Jonathan Bergeron in Detroit, uh, Sarah Noel in Florida, and Jesse Alonen in Montreal, and for good measure, Jet Wu in Vancouver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a couple of those guys are on the 200 game mark. A couple of those guys are, you know, 70, like Sandine has been, has been good for Toronto, right? But you know, we're talking about a bunch of guys who have played a handful of NHL games and are depth guys for the most part yep. in the NHL. That's just sort of what late first round picks end up being. Right, um, right. Good, good bit of currency. Maybe guys who would have been useful for the Canucks four years from now, five years from now um, in sort of that depth role, but also guys that would be quite replaceable, I would mm-hmm. think. Um, so, it, it, you know, I, I never like giving up draft capital, as, uh, but when you're in this position, I really don't hate it. It's not that I, I didn't like pick 2018 just because I was like, oh, this was a bad year in the late first round. I just picked a random year. Um, yep. I'm yep. sure it's, you know, and I can scroll down. There's going to be some random hits down here, like Kirill Marchenko or, or Sean Dursey uh, later mm-hmm. in the second. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, again, we're, I had a comment on my video today and I was talking about Brustavich being like, yeah, it was sort of the peak of his I was like, well, Adam Fox was a third round pick. And it's like, yeah, but how many Adam Foxes are there? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's, it's, again, there's, 33rd round picks a year, 32 now, and one hits every two or three years, right? We're talking a 1% conversion right. rate on, on being an actual star. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I, I'm really not going to get too worked up about a first round pick, a late first round pick when we're yeah. talking about the chance at, at winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah, Brusevich could be Adam Fox or he could be Yoni Yormo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? Like, let's look at third round picks from 2018, yeah. right? To sort of follow that same reference, right? This is five, six years ago now. Uh, there's two of them that have played significant time. Jack McBain um, 
and uh, Connor DeWar. Hmm. Mm. Right? Like, uh, yeah. sure, let me, let's pick 20. 2008 was a really good draft, right? What happened in round three? Uh, there, Michael Stone in Phoenix had 150 career points. Zach Smith in Ottawa had 200 points. Adam Henrique was really good. Okay, there's three guys who were really relevant in that whole yeah. set, yeah. right? So, uh, again, it's lottery tickets for Calgary, and it's exactly what you want to get rid of for a rental. But yeah. for, for the Canucks, like the odds of those hitting, uh, again, are, are pretty low. Even with how good Bruce Davich has looked, yeah. this might be the best that his value will ever be. Sure. And if you're a team geared up for a push, Hunter Bruce Davich in three years isn't that useful to you. Yep. By the way, last resort came through. The final four teams get the final four picks, and picks 27 and higher are determined by standings. So only the conference winners, sorry, the conference finalists. Gotcha. Are, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. But yeah, we weren't even close to that. Okay, so let before we get to Hunter, before we get to Yoni Ormo, so we talked about the first of the draft picks. The second one is a conditional draft pick. Fourth round, but goes to a third rounder if we make the Western Conference Finals. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Cool. I hope it's a third. <laughs> and actually, before, uh, and Park and I had the... We had the advantage, and like many of you have, of reading this. So, let just for those of you that didn't hear it or didn't know and think this through, and, and this isn't to insult anyone's intelligence, but really, a conditional pick means exactly what it sounds like. There's conditions, and if certain conditions are met, the pick changes. So, right now, it's a 2024 fourth round pick, but if the Canucks win two rounds and are in the final, then that jumps up to a third rounder. So, uh, yeah, maybe we're splitting hairs here or whatever, and and yeah, I, we're not going to be too worried that that jumps up around if we're now one round closer to making right. the Stanley Cup. We final. will be yeah. celebrating like, oh man, our pick got <laughs> you know went down thirty spots. Yeah, darn, that's going to really suck for the twenty thirty Vancouver Canucks. Maybe. <laughs> um, I want to acknowledge Lucas's uh, donation before we get too far. Thank you, Lucas. We appreciate you. It's a deal that works for both parties. Agreed. Flames heading for the rocks. <laughs> and into a hard rebuild and connects are heading for contention. Got to trade high for this deal, especially for contention. Well said. We agree. Thank you. Yeah. And it's very clear that they had a guy in mind, right? And that mm -hmm. guy was Elias Lindholm, right? They didn't, yeah. you know, they, they weren't going to go the Giroux route as much as to my dismay. They apparently they're not going the Sidney Crosby route, yeah. uh, which probably was never feasible. Um, <laughs> but they said, Hey, there's one guy that we really like. And yeah. the price probably isn't going to change much. And the only risk that we run is if we're going to go for him anyways, the risk is someone else gets there first. And good question. Uh, yeah. Go Have ahead. we ever hit 300 subscribers? We just did. Uh, th 300, 300 viewers. viewers. I think maybe once. Okay. Um, so yeah, welcome everybody. Thank yeah. you for joining. And I was oh, by the way, hit the like button and subscribe buttons while you're here. Yeah. We do yeah. appreciate it. And I was listening to you as I was watching our little, little tracker go up. It was exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, yeah, it's, it, it's a, it's a fine, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about the two draft pick. Obviously we've talked about Kuzi. We've talked about the two draft picks. The first and the fourth could be a third. Uh, you want to talk about Hunter or Yoni first? Yeah. I mean, Hunter Bruce Davich is the no more notable one, right? Yep. Um, I don't think Yoni is, I, I don't think he's ever going to step foot on North American ice to be completely yep. frank with you. Um, so that's a, he didn't have a contract. I'm sure his rights were expiring in a year or two. Not that I know the actual number, but no concern there, right? That's yeah. a that's an extra body for Calgary to maybe try to do something with. Um, Hunter Bruce Davich, yeah, 75th overall pick in this most recent draft. Um, yeah. So some people, some Canucks fans will try to justify and be like, oh, yeah, it's 75th overall last year. What does that matter, right? But the Canucks made seemingly a very good pick with that 75th overall um, and got a player who, like I mentioned, you know, 69 points in 47 games as a defenseman uh, on that Kitchener team, um, yep. third in OHL scoring, right? He leads his team in points as a defenseman. That's very impressive. Um, however, like I mentioned, um, yep. this is likely the highest his value will ever be. Um, nothing against him. Like th there's a real chance that he pans out and you know, he projects. I, I saw a few things like, Hey, he projects as a third line NHL player one day. Right. And that's because as a 75th overall pick, you can go and be fantastic for a year. And maybe that bumps your stock up to the equivalent of like a mid to high second. Maybe that's where his value sort of sits right now. 
Um, but for the Canucks, they turned last year's third round pick into something with slightly more value and then trained, uh, traded that for Elias Lindholm. Um, which, you know, I, I've, I've loved following Bruce Davis's game. Like he, mm-hmm. he, he was a very intriguing prospect, but again, we're, we're talking about a player who's, you know, a 19 year old defenseman, right? Defensemen don't usually make it till they're 22, 23, especially third rounders. They pretty rarely hit. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe there was a, maybe if we're optimistic, maybe there's a 30 to 40% chance that Hunter Brustavich would have played in the NHL. Maybe there was a 10% chance he plays a hundred games. And I feel like I'm being generous. Right. Um, and you know, maybe my numbers would have been higher while he was still in the Canucks organization. I don't know. Cause I didn't think about it too much. Um, but again, for Calgary, a rebuilding team, that's exactly what you want, right? You want lottery mm-hmm. tickets. That's exactly what the Canucks were doing. Right. Um, but, you know, you you get the Adam Godettes of the world, right? Guys who look great in college or uh, Jack Rathbone might be a more apt example when we're talking about, yes. uh, about defensive prospects or Jet Wu. Remember how, how good Jet Wu looked the year after we drafted him? Um, so, you know, guys don't pan out sometimes. And maybe this one will. It's a lottery ticket for Calgary. But the the value is, is probably the highest it will ever have been just from a, you know, historical standpoint. Agree with everything you said. And I, I like the Jack Rathbone comparison. Bustavich's uh, numbers are better than Rathbone. But when Rathbone had that that short stint with the Canucks at the end of one of the seasons, it was like, oh, this guy's going to be good. He could be the next coming of Quinn Hughes, da, da, da. And I, I, think, I think when you look and when you project the Canucks lineup three or four years down the road on the blue line, on the right side, which is what Bustavich was, a right shot defenseman, uh, that's Tom Volander's spot that we're looking at, right? The, that top four. Let's presume yeah. Horonic's here. So you right, go Horonic. Yeah, exactly. You go Horonic, Volander, and then someone cheap, honestly, like because <laughs> uh, we're going to be spending all this money. Uh, so is it a, a guy that profiles like a Juleson who's been kind of a revelation or maybe a bit better than that? But um, I, I don't know if Bristavich's game, if you already have a Quinn Hughes kind of doing what Bristavich is kind of good at, which is which is great for him, not a knock on him. I know I've read, a lot of my friends have been saying it's it's kind of I don't know if redundant's the right word Parker but at least you already have a guy who who can do what you Bristavich is good at. But. Yeah, it it wasn't a, a a spot of need for the Canucks going into yeah. the future, right? There was very real chance that even if he made the NHL, he would end up being an asset to be moved. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you have if you have your top four guys, right? Your top four guys are ideally guys you draft and develop and, and have cost controlled, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the important part. Your five six D pair, you can you know the Canucks showed. Hey, worst case scenario, you can go get Ian Cole for three million bucks. You can pull in a Mark Friedman uh, for seven seventy five, or a Noah Juleson for seven seventy five, or uh, you know fill in those spots with a an Akito Hirose or a Cole McWard at worst, right? Or you can go get a Matt Irwin for cheap, right? Depth defensemen aren't that expensive if yes. you have a, a competent management group, which is one has shown that it has been. Um, so yeah, if we're talking about a guy who projected to be a number three right D, those guys there, there's you know there's two dozen of those in free agency every year for a million million five, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so maybe you lose a little bit of cost certainty. Maybe you're paying someone one five instead of you know nine hundred k three, four years from now, that's not something you really need to worry about right now. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. That that's fair. So, and I kind of what you said, I know a lot of people said we sold high, high from a standpoint of, yeah, he hasn't done anything at the NHL level, but because he is having a really good season right now, um, there's been some eyes on him and that's, that's a good thing as opposed to uh, the next guy that we can be talking about, who probably is at a, a low right now in his, uh, I actually forgot we had him to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, so, I mean, if we think Bruce Davich is maybe like fourth in the Canucks prospect pipeline, Yermo's yeah, yeah. probably not making the article. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a, a 21-year-old uh, defenseman. He'll be 22 by the end of the year um, from Finland. Uh, he does look like Finnish Brock Besser, uh, so he's got that going for him. Um, base, he's playing in, in the top Finnish league. Uh, you know, he's not like a point producer, right? He has three points this year in 34 games. He had 13 last year in 52. So, mm. uh, you know, he, trending the wrong way again, mm. I don't know much about Finnish hockey. Um, but I, I imagine that probably isn't looked on fantastically. Um, what was he, where was he picked? Was he like a sixth? No, he's a third, third, third in 2020. Yeah. 
and again, lots of guys in the third round don't pan out. And I think that's probably going to be the case here. Um, yeah, he's, I don't see him. Like, what is he going to leave Finland for the AHL one day? Like I, I, I don't see him ever making an NHL roster. Like that's yep. just not the player he profiles to be. Um, but he's under contract. He's a, he's a free, you know, essentially asset for Calgary. Um, that, you know, maybe there's a, a 1% chance he turns into something, you know, years down the line, they have his rights, but nothing to get worked up about here. Yeah. He was our highest pick in that draft year because we, we didn't have any first round picks anymore. Yeah. Well, we were notoriously a, a contender that year, right? <laughs> exactly. That's why we gave up all those picks. <laughs> different than this year. Different than this year. Way different. Way different. Wow. So much different. Wow. <laughs> so what's next? I guess that was that was that was the well we didn't the first because we traded that was the Miller trade right, uh, that worked out uh, yes because that yep. was Shakir uh, and, um that's right uh, that one that one worked out fine, but still yes yeah so that's that's everything the Canucks gave up it's a mm. lot on paper um, and like I said for Calgary it's a lot of good lottery tickets uh, and for the Canucks it's a lot of guys who probably were never gonna play on your roster. Kuzmenk or two guys who are probably never going to play on your roster first round pick who maybe has a 30% chance of panning out. Um, and under Kuzmenko who clearly is not going to work under Rick Tockett. And again, nothing against Jock, uh, sorry, Rick Tockett. He's going to win the Jack Adams this year. He's an all-star coach, yada, yada, yada. Um, just didn't work for Kuzmenko, which sucks because I loved Kuzmenko. It was fun to watch here. Um, but the Canucks now are a, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt their cup odds this year. Yeah. What happens if Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen choose Elias Lindholm ahead of like JT Miller tomorrow? <laughs> That'd be cool. I don't think they will. I, I think no, the thing no, is, no. I bet I bet they could pick Miller and then pick Lindholm in the next round. Yeah, because uh, he hasn't been phenomenal this year. So maybe they maybe they just get the whole band together. They could they could just field a, a team. Yeah, yeah, they could have uh, six play. Uh, yeah, five, they're five and Lindholm now. Six players. They could be more than half of one of the 11, 11 uh, spot player uh, teams. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. That'd be very cool. Very cool. Kind of want to see them play against each other, though, too. But. Yeah, of course. Wow. So there's 366 people in here, which my, I think is our record. I think is our yes. record. So make sure you, you hit everyone. like, hit subscribe uh, while you are here. We do, for those of you yeah. who are new, uh, we do this show every Monday night, 10 p.m., same time. Um, so make sure you subscribe. Come stick around. Um, usually we don't have things this exciting to talk about, but we have had a lot of Canucks wins to talk about, which is also pretty exciting. Um, and of course, we'll gear up as we get into uh, into the postseason. Uh, Lucas, with another $10, thank you very much, Lucas. Mm. Um, saying, I wonder if the Flames will welcome Kuzmeka with a bundle of Pepsi cans and bananas. Uh, <laughs> he does He does love those. Um, yes. Thank you, Lucas, for the donation. Uh, we really do appreciate that. 366 people in here and 365 of them are happy. Messier, I see your comments. No problem. Uh, the chat is there for you guys to chat with each other too. We appreciate you being here, but uh, people here know that usually Parker and I will get to the chat at the very end, but we don't always do admittedly. <laughs> but we're happy you're here. So where does that take us? It's 1043. Normally we do an hour. And I came into this and be like, oh, well, this will be like a 25, 30 minute. Yeah. We'll get through it. But there were so many moving pieces involved. Um, and and I'm, my question is sort of like, you think they're done? Nope. nope. No, right? They, no they, got a, they got, what, 40 days or something along those lines? Like 38 <laughs> days. When's the trade down? Is it the 10th? Yeah. Uh, I know it's a single digit, but it's around there. March 6 or 8 or something like that. Yeah. Either way, it's they got like seven, not seven weeks, five weeks. Yep. Five weeks to figure more out, right? March eighth. March eighth. You get it's the eighth. Yeah, it is the eighth. Okay, the Canucks play a twenty games before then, almost one, mm -hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, sixteen games before the trade deadline. The Canucks play. Okay. Right. Uh, so they've played forty nine. So they've played sixty five games by then, and, and we'll have an even better picture. Uh, of where they fall it's a lot of time to make some more moves um from a cap perspective that where they currently have uh, everything sitting they have about two million dollars in cap space at the deadline 
Um, however, they still haven't put Susie on LTIR. I don't know exactly how much that plays in, but I wonder if that would free up more if they think... I guess they would have to think Susie would be out till the playoffs so they could reactivate him then. Right. Um, right. I, I'm sure they're pretty sure that, you know, Tucker Pullman's going to be yeah. not playing this year. And um, you can go retroactive. So you, you accrue some of that. So it's not like, yeah, I don't know what the final number is going to be, but they they might have even a little bit more. Right. So mm. some routes they could go, right. They could try to pick up like a cheap forward potentially. Right. Mm. Um, I mean, Phil Kessel, uh, for example, uh, do you think, but it does sound like the Canucks are kind of interested in Chris Tanev. Yeah. Do you think they just continue this Craig Conroy, Patrick Alvin trade tree? Well, that's what I was going to bring up. We have Rick Dollywell tweeting, working on to see if Chris Tanev is in this deal as well. And then that I think it was crazy. Yeah. And then Drager, I think, or someone said, I heard that as well, but it's going to, if it happens, it will be a separate transaction. Wow. Yeah. And then so Dollywall did a little selfie video a la Kevin Weeks at about yeah. 7 o'clock tonight. Yeah. Uh, and he said, quote, Chris Tanev was a part of these trade talks. The belief is that the Flames were asking for another first-round pick just for Tanev. Mm. So that would be the 2025 first. Yeah. That gets yeah. a little scary to me, trading yeah. two years out. Because in theory, you want to... You know, you don't want to go all in on one year because even the best team ever has like a 20% chance of winning the Stanley Cup, it feels like, um, just because it's such a gauntlet and there's 16 teams, right? You yep. just have to lose four out of seven um, and you're done. So that first round pick, I imagine if the Canucks are in a similar position next year, is going to be a nice little, you know, thing to try to add another, you know, cheap rental at the deadline. Yep. And then my fear, of course, is that what if all of this is just a hoax and a one-off and the Canucks are actually not good and they've somehow won all these games and they're going to, you know, do well in the playoffs this year. And then next year, they're going to be in the lottery again. And now this 2025 first round pick is gone, yada, yada, yada. It, it's a little bit irrational, but we've seen how quickly this team has turned one way mm -hmm. and we've had so much pain in the past that I just have this fear that they'll just turn back and I'll just be sad again. So and ten of I believe he makes five million, right? Yeah, five million dollars. So right on an expiring gotta... deal. I mean, theoretically, if they want Chris Tanev, yep, they could sign Chris Tanev in six months. Right, right, five months that, even. Right, that defeats the purpose though. If you want him for your playoff run, <laughs> right, it, it would be for a next year, you know, yeah. sort of addition. And I imagine he'd be fairly cheap, being you know turning yeah. thirty five next year. So I think people people are saying in the chat that uh, yeah they expect some other moves, but maybe not as big. Well, this one's massive, but maybe Tanev also counts as a big one, and maybe it's not going to happen. Man, I was I was getting pretty excited though. I don't know what the return would have been when there was thoughts that he might be included or that uh, another deal. Regardless, I don't know if they're still going to give you talk about him. But you're right; they have six weeks still, five weeks. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the route that they will go right. Yeah, like, here's what they, for this year. They have a third, they have New Jersey's fourth, they have two sixths and a seven. Right, yep. asset wise, they're they're pretty low. Um, and then next year they have everything except their third. Same in twenty twenty six, they already don't have their third and their seventh. Mm. Not that I care mm. about a seventh. <laughs> so, I wonder, based on the limited cap space, right, about two million dollars at the deadline. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's sort of the perfect just add some depth at the deadline, right? Remember yeah. the, you know, think of the Tyler Mott trade or the Luke Shen mm -hmm. trade, right? Guys who you can pick up for a fourth, you know, that New Jersey fourth round pick, maybe, maybe the Canucks draft nobody this year. Um, <laughs> you know, you go, you ship out a fourth or you ship out, you know, sort of a, a low level prospect, like, uh, I don't know, Nick um, Chichek, the guy they got Chichek. from San Jose. <laughs> Uh, maybe you trade him for, uh, you know, uh, that sort of caliber of player, right? Like a depth D man or a, you know, no, they don't need a depth D man. They got matter when they've got, but like a depth winger potentially, right. To sort of bump maybe like, uh, you know, whoever, uh, Niels Oman, maybe down yep. if need be, or if you have injuries, right. And, and PDG yep. isn't healthy, right. They can fill that role. Um, I think maybe that's the route they could go. Um, mm -hmm. I, this is their big splash. They sort of yep. threw all their assets. It, 
they have some assets, right? They have Ratu, they have Villander and uh, Lakaramaki. Yeah. I don't think they're trading those guys. No, um, definitely not. DPD. Yeah. Especially because they don't have the cap space for to acquire anybody with those guys. Um, yeah. But I could definitely see them just going that route, right? Some mm-hmm. nice, uh, some nice depth, you know, a sort of a fourth line, third, fourth yeah. line player um, for like a third round pick. I agree with you, Parker. And especially if we stick to what we said just 48 hours ago on Monday night, when we were talking about uh, Juleson, Friedman and McCord, Hirose, Wolanin, Irwin, all being fine guys like, well, Juleson and, and, and Friedman 7 and 8, and then the rest of the guys, 9 through 12, 9 through 13. Uh, not amazing, but good enough for like a playoff run. As long as your your main guys stay healthy, then I would agree with you. I think we, we should look for a, a bottom six depth because I, I think those guys are better than what we have in the fringes of our forwards. You're right. The Carlsons, the DiGiuseppes when he gets healthy. And then all this this whole swath of guys in Abbotsford. But I, I wouldn't say any of them are ready for playoffs. That's that's something for next year that we can get excited about when we have to save some money for, so we can sign some big uh, RFAs. So I agree with you. All to say, I, I would love uh, some more depth on the in the forward ranks now. Especially because, remember, we when we got Lindholm, it's not like we got another forward. We, we had to right. ship out Kuzmenko. So we're still, yeah, the net number is still the same. And when it comes to ro- active roster players, right? If anyone yeah. goes down right now, yeah, Linus Carlson's getting called up and getting in the lineup, right? Yeah, um, that's I don't think a place that they want to be in in a playoff matchup, right? I agree. I'm sure they would much rather you know bump a Neil Zoman out of the lineup and have him as your 13th forward, uh, for example, right? If you can go and you know, yeah, add a third line player, add a, you know, wishful thing would be like adding a Jordan Greenway. I saw that mentioned in the chat, um, you know, something along those lines. Um, Cause yeah, on defense, right. You add a depth defenseman. I was like, Oh wow. You, you're now playing a depth defenseman instead of, you know, Noah Juleson. If someone gets hurt or Mark Friedman, uh, pretty marginal probably, but over Alinas Carlson, if you have like a, a 32 year old bona fide depth forward, maybe that's someone you'd rather have, you know, in a, in a playoff matchup. Yep. Well, the beautiful thing is Parker. Yes. Five weeks away. We can have five more weeks of talk like this. And uh, yeah, pretty crazy that on January 31st, a day that starts with our GM uh, getting extended for three years. It's funny. We didn't even think, well, we wouldn't have an emergency podcast for that. We would just talk about it on Monday, but on that, that day, just uh, whatever six hours later or eight hours later, he's uh, making a massive trade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what a time to be yeah. I mean, good on him. I mean, most GMs either get fired or like not many GMs just have their contract run out and sort of fade off into the sunset, right? Um, mm. He would have got extended at some point anyways, or he would have got fired at some point anyways. Not surprising he got extended because uh, yeah, they've been doing some really good work. Yep. Yep. More to come, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, perfect day for me. <laughs> per like... I like I I tweeted about this uh, about you know two hours ago now. I basically said you know to my two favorite teams right the Canucks and the Seahawks both made moves today that in a in a perfect world right let's you know the Canucks win the Stanley Cup this year right wishful thinking but they are now a a bona fide contender right we mm-hmm. can look back at January thirty first twenty twenty four as like the day that that got set into motion right. And then for the Seahawks, they go out and they hire, you know, the most sought after coach out there um, in Mike McDonald. And again, if, if the Seahawks win a championship in the next five, seven years with him at the helm, I can look back on January 31st, 2024 as maybe what spurred that. So hopefully both happen. And then yes. this can be a precursor to, you know, this could be a perfect day. Mm-hmm. Or the Canucks can lose in the first round and Lynn Holm walks. <laughs> And Mike McDonald is the next Brandon Staley, and then I'm sad. No matter what, you'll remember this day forever. It's the magic of sports. Yeah. It's why it's what we sign up for. Yeah. Um, Spartan just wanted to remind everyone that the Canucks are better than the Oilers. By the way, speaking of Oilers, the Oilers fans are funny, man, because they are the ones that are saying, Oh, both teams got hooped on the trader. No one won this trader. Both teams suck, or whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Edmonton's a good team. Yeah, one of my one of my friends is a Flames fan. He texted me like as things were happening. He's like, "Can you guys stop stealing our players? Like, what's going on here?" I'm like, "Hey, we'll take Tanf next week. Don't worry." Um, and then uh, he sort of his his sort of final words were, "Hey, as if it helps you beat Edmonton, 
I'm happy to cheer for you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, all right. Perfect. Yeah. A, if the we, Calgary Flames we, don't make the playoffs, which doesn't look like it's going to happen, yeah, you can cheer for us. We, we'll we have a common Spartan. enemy. I, there you I, go. I, I think I dislike the Oilers more than the Flames. So Yeah, I'm opposite, but oh, well, whatever. Thank you, Spartan, for the donation. Appreciate it. Not that I like the Flames. I'm not... <laughs> Just saying, I'd, I'd be happy to win with, with Lindholm yeah. uh, on the team. They've been giving us some good content in the past two months, the Flames, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah, crazy crazy feeling? day. Yeah. 400 yeah. people in here. Thank you all for joining. Uh, definitely, I think we definitely hit our peak. Um, yeah. Only 85 likes, though. Get those numbers up. Um, <laughs> Will, do you want to take a couple questions before we wrap up here? What do you want to do? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's hit our hour mark with by doing three to five minutes of questions, and I think we're good. Sure. I'll let you hold the fort down. I'm going to throw a poll in the chat. Okay. Just asking for a letter grade on the Lindholm trade. Sounds good. While you do that, and while everyone, we ask you to be respectful of one another. I guess we have 400 people. There's four times as many people we usually get. There's going to be four times as much craziness in the chat. But now, we have a few. Okay, good. Edmund says, what line? Who does Lindholm play with? Well, I think if you if you put the lot of line back together, then Mikheyev is one line mate for Lindholm. And then you don't have to play Suter in the middle. If you don't, you could actually play Suter on the other winger right now. And that's what that's what I would do. I would I would or I would go Hoglander and Mikheyev with with Lindholm. Yeah, I, I I realized just now that's great question, Edmund, because that's what I literally thought that I was like that was gonna be one of the things that we talked about during this. Um yeah. and one thing we should talk about is uh yeah what does this actually do to the lines um because we've seen a bit of the lotto line we've seen you know they yeah. they've been big on the pairs right and last year Pedersen kuzmenko was a pair jt miller besser was a pair this year kuzmenko's fallen off a bit so Pedersen mckayev have been a little bit of a pair and then then they ended up with miller and besser and things have been changing around um so the canucks have three top mm-hmm. six forwards a situation mm-hmm. that they were in last year if you remember um so yeah, a, a couple of routes, right? Do you stack it all up on the lotto line and then put Lindholm between Mikheyev and you could pull Hoaglander up, you could leave Suter up there. Um, yeah, how do you sort of picture everything working out here? I uh, Yeah, I either go lotto with um, Lindholm, Mikheyev, Suter, or I load up the Swedes on one line. I put Lindholm and Petey together. I, I just think that... So you keep Lindholm and Petey together, you keep uh, Besser and Miller together, and then whatever, put Suter there and Mikheyev here. I don't know. But yeah, I like what you're saying about the pairs, and I think it's going to be obviously that Brock and JTR pair. And when now with Kuzmenko gone, Petey's running mate, even though he wasn't playing half, no, no, six healthy scratches. Maybe maybe Lindholm becomes Petey's uh, guy if they keep the, the two lines split up. Yeah. I, based on what we've seen with Lindholm in the past, and again, I haven't watched a ton of Flames hockey, but from everything I've read, he needs good line mates, right? Yes. And, and yes. the the anecdotal evidence adds up, right? Hey, he plays with Gaudreau and Kachuk, and he's a point-of-game player, right, for a whole 82 games. Put him with Toffoli, really, really pretty good player, 62 points. Put him with nobody, he falls off. So, yeah, what? who would he fit really well with? You know, an Elias Pettersson sounds great. Right, if you can keep Miller and Be- or yeah Miller and Besser together, maybe throw them with Suter, and then mm-hmm. you can put Pedersen and Lindholm together, and you can sort of take your pick. Right, you can put McKayev up there. Part of me would love to see Hoaglander get a spin up there too. Yeah, but we've seen so much good stuff from Niels Hoaglander in the bottom six that like he is just a, he is a perfect bottom six guy. Like at least yeah. he has been this year. Yes, um, and, and for some reason when he gets those top six minutes, he just hasn't had it um but i think that would be a very fun line if you could put patterson lindholm and hoaglander together there you go japan for patterson lindholm and hoaglander very good adam thank you for the gift of five memberships that is very kind of you um there's so much going on in the chat i can't even see who got them but uh we appreciate you adam oh here taylor yeah. curtis jay spartan and and hope Rains. that's awesome i have one more question thank you adam for your uh, generosity support. One more question for you, Parker, and then we'll we'll call it a night um, because two people asked it right right away together. What are you willing to give up for, for Tanov, and what is the most you would give up for Tanov? <laughs> so we agree, not a not a first rounder. We said no, and it's just because I I think again trading for rentals is a reason every team does it. Right, it allows yeah. you to essentially go over the cap if you if you save up money during the season. Um, you know, you can sort of accrue some cap space. Not that this team has ever done it. 
um, and pick up a guy at the end of the year as a rental. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to want their 2025 first to be used next year. Cause I think if yep. you, yeah, you push too many chips in now, you know, then you're really tightening this window to be like, all right, well we better do something this year. Yeah. And again, most teams don't on their first push into the postseason. There's going to um, be money going back, right? There's no way we can just take 5 million on. Right. That's yeah. a tough thing too, right? Like, okay. Are you having to throw in Ilya Mikheyev to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like would have to be involved. Um, how many years does Mikheyev have left? Three, have, two or three this year and two more, right? That yeah. might be a tough, that might be a tough sell for Calgary. Right. Um, and then, and then you have to add in more assets, right? Are they going to want, they said they wanted a first, right? Does McKayev and a third get it there? I highly doubt it. Yeah. Um, do you have to start going down the Vasily Podkolzin route to get a trade like that done? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's maybe maybe Atu Ratu and McKayev and a third or something. Like, yeah, it's tough. It really the farm starts to get pretty thin when you start uh, start dipping into those waters. Um, but that's that's the thing. It's like how much of a percentage increase are we talking uh, cup odds wise, right? That's the right. It's a tough balancing act. Now, if they go and do it, I will say, all right, sick, let's ride, yep. kind of like I did today. Um, but it might not be the best idea. So here's one thing to leave you with, Parker. You gave Calgary an A, which is I, I don't disagree with. You gave the Canucks a B plus, which is fine. So I looked at the athletic after, right after you said that, and they had three of their writers uh, do immediate trade grades. Um, Calgary got one B and two B minuses and Vancouver got one B from the same person and two B pluses. So interesting. interesting. Yep. I, I, I didn't read Which, cause I, I can't do that's a lot of B's. That sounds like a pretty good trade. <laughs> yep. Both All ways, around. both ways B's. Yep. And uh, poll wise here, um, B was the favorite. Um, okay. 54%. Uh, we had 148 votes come in. 54% said B. Probably mm-hmm. our most voted on poll ever. Uh, 54% <laughs> said B. 33% said A. And then 8 said C. 4 said D. So yeah. outliers. B's a, at that point. And B's a safe bet too. In so it, A's and B's like is, yep. you know, 87% of the vote. Uh, Love it. Which, pretty good. So... If uh, connects you something crazy tomorrow, are we meeting here again at 10? <laughs> I guess so. I, I doubt it. I doubt that will happen. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. going to hobnob in, in Toronto tomorrow. Folks, this is the, this is my, my cue to tell you hit that notification bell after you hit the subscribe button, because who um, knows, who knows when we're going to show up. Um, especially as we get into the playoffs, uh, you might, you might see more of us. If the team's doing really well, you might see less of us. If the team's doing really well, I haven't figured it out yet. Um, because I'm going to try to be at as many games as possible if yeah, my bank accounts dismay, but, um, <laughs> we will, uh, we'll see. I know a guy. Happens. I know a guy. I know a guy. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. I will <laughs> try to take you up on that. Um, folks again to the 400 of you here. Thank you yeah. all for joining. Um, for all of you that are new, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Parker's Pucks, Clay on Twitter at Parker's Pucks. We also have our own YouTube channels. Uh, I have a video that's up right now that is sort of my thoughts specifically on the trade. Um, so you're welcome to go watch that. You can, Parker's Pucks on YouTube, Canuck Clay on YouTube. We we keep the branding pretty simple. Um, Clay, Wednesday night, the February or yeah, February begins in one hour. Any yeah. parting words? Well, maybe we should move our shows to Wednesday. No, I think we just got to keep ensuring that Patrick Alvin makes, makes massive moves. No, this is uh if there was ever any doubt what the Canucks MO was for this season, you know, taking it slow, making sure this isn't a mirage, blah, 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 throw them out the window. They, these, uh, as I, like I said on Twitter tonight, you cannot spell Alvin without having all in. And it's so true. And uh, I think we're going to see a couple more minor to major moves, but this is just the start. And I love how we're the trendsetters and we're not afraid to be bold. So talking about the team, not us, but us too, but I'm excited. It's a good time. This, this is fun. This is what we've yeah. been wanting for, for the waiting for, for the past three years. <laughs> yeah. It's just exciting. I, I mean, you know, three months from now, we're going to be, you know, in a playoff series, most likely. Yep. And that's yep. very cool. Um, that'll be, it'll be stressful. And I'll love and hate every second of it. Uh, so, <laughs> folks, 
Thank you all very much for joining. Like I said, make sure you subscribe on the way out. If you missed any part of this, um, and again, we see that that graph goes up over time, right? At 1030, there was like 300 of you and we're like, wow, that's crazy. So for all of you, you've joined later, if you missed any part, you can rewind back to the beginning here on YouTube if you'd like to catch up. Um, we've been talking about this trade for over an hour. Um, so a lot of a, a lot for us to break down. Uh, I'll also have it up a little on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of 10 to 15 minutes. Um, awesome. So make sure you can uh, if you want to subscribe over there. If you're more of an audio person, you want to listen on your way to work. That's great. Um, otherwise, I think that's all I have to say. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good night. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully this is a, a good move for the Canucks. See you later.